0: Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Vault podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and uh, we're winding down uh, to the end of 2023 here. Um, Probably the last podcast or second to last before our game of the year. So um, get excited for that. Um, But we have a, a quick one for you today. You know, this is the time of year where, you know, not much news happens and really it's just everybody's away for the holidays. But um that's why i am joined by just tom this evening um so tom how you doing
1: doing well doing well it's a crazy time of the year but uh we're we're making it through
0: and jenny is uh, currently recovering from playing uh the x-men game that we had to play this week (laughs) so she'll she'll pass (laughs) along her opinions um next next episode
1: i will provide Uh, a quote when we go through it but yeah (laughs) um so uh
0: let's start off as we always do tom um what have you been playing
1: uh let's see so i played a bit of starfield mm-hmm. um nothing to really grab me it was like a bunch of gunplay on a ship and then i watched i watched the uh, i don't know if you watch N- nakey jakey on youtube no i do not i watched his video on bethesda games being outdated and i was like man I don't know if I want to play this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's one
0: of the things I I noticed as, you know.
1: I I'm going to continue playing it. I it may not get as much play as everything else, but yeah. It just seems like they they just kept they keep uh beating the same horse to death. Yeah. And,
0: and I think that's his way of putting it. It's probably a good way. My whole thing is that like I felt no connection to these characters. Um, and I don't know if that's a very 2023 feeling, and they're still making games from, like, you know, the mid-2010s. It's
1: even earlier than that.
0: You know, I'm just saying, like, Skyrim and all that, um, more so. But, like, where there are characters, but it's like, it's not as well... They don't do as good of a job as as games that are similar have, um, since they last put out a video game. Um... And it's funny that the last game that had really good connections with characters wasn't even created by them. Um, (laughs) You know, New Vegas is the one that has the good character connection. Four doesn't really have it either, except for the, uh, what is it, like the robot detective or whatever. Um, Oh, yeah. Valentine. Yeah. Valentine. Yeah. And, but yeah, outside of that, you know. So uh, that, that's probably that's probably a very good like better way of putting it than than how I've been feeling but yeah like I said for some reason they wanted a game to be a certain way and it, it, you can tell that some of the things in the development were things that were popular when they started development and then it's not popular anymore you know
1: so yeah yeah I I agree it just seems like they started they started and it was and it, it was the the thing to do and then they it took so long that it was no longer the thing to do
0: they were probably starting development around the time no man's sky was getting you know announced and all that yeah like and they were like oh no this is we got to do something like that's doing and then never
1: pivot (laughs) it you know yeah
0: but yeah um uh anything Uh, yeah
1: i also have been playing which i just realized a few days ago that forza motorsport came out this year and i was playing that a bit too to uh you know kind of round out my my game of the year list uh yeah. uh but I, a lot of people didn't had, haven't liked this game i don't know why i mean i i've enjoyed it pretty pretty much since i loaded it up but yeah you know, it's it is what it is. People could, are gonna be upset that they're not getting everything that they want in a Forza game because it's they just complain about Forza games all could, the time. Could
0: it be? Now you're more into the scene than I am. Um, my first thought when you said um, that uh, people were complaining uh, about uh, this is that they were looking more. These are people that don't understand that Horizon and Motorsports games are different, and no,
1: maybe these they were are, looking more Horizon. Very... These are very much people who play... It's people who care too much, it seems like. Uh, th- they're like, oh, they took all this stuff away. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. It's very streamlined. It's I, As yeah. a person who only can play for an hour a day or whatever, it gets me, to what I, it gets me doing what I want to do. It gets me right to a race. It upgrades yeah. my car as I need it. I can choose yeah. to upgrade it myself or it can quick upgrade. And I'm fine with that. I don't know. I just... Yeah. It, it just seems crazy to me that people are get so so pissed off about about this game. Yeah, yeah. But. My only
0: thought came from there were two horizons between motorsports releases, and no, just thinking just, that people forgot what <laughs> motorsport actually was. Um. Uh. But yeah, I I think it also, and this is a general thing, um, has to do with like the age of gamers, um, like the ones that still wanted to go back to that simulation where it takes so long you gotta level things up and you know uh they it to
1: be grand Turismo one
0: yeah they they wanted to be like that intense of a simulation and you know the people you know the attention spans of people in 2023 um you know probably aren't as strong as they were back then or or even for you know the world we live in time wise and things being more important um and I I think when what I heard of Motorsport Motorsport you talking about and the things I've read online, the streamlining has improved the game. Um yeah, because I mean, it, it makes it, it, it makes it more accessible and easier to not fall off of.
1: Yeah, like I said, it does not bother me at all. Yeah. I'm all right with it. So <laughs> it's, a, uh, yeah. it, it's good. I've I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Uh it will be on my list for sure. <laughs> and yeah, lastly, so- I, I forgot that I had three games, I thought I only had Ooh. two. 3. Uh, uh uh I've been playing a bit of uh Tears of the Kingdom also. Uh nice. I, I had to relearn how to play the game and I <laughs> I so I'm going to equate this to something that only certain some people will will get. But you know when you walk through your house that you've lived in for 10 20 years and you hit the wrong light switch, you know it's the wrong light switch and you hit it anyway. Yeah. And then you have to hit the right light light switch right after that. You have any idea what I'm talking about?
0: I know, I know what you're saying because
1: I think I know you, where you're going. You, you all, you know what the, where the light switch is. You know, you know which one is the right one, and you hit the wrong one anyway. That's how I feel playing this game. I feel yeah. like I'm always hitting the wrong button. Is it? Is it the BA switch up? No, it's the it's the right bumper, left bumper. Oh, okay. To get yes. to get um ultra hand and to shoot your shoot your bow and everything else and and defend. Yeah. I just I don't know what it is about them being on the, the bumpers and triggers. I just always hit the wrong one. Always. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. why, but like I was playing it for like an hour and I hit the wrong button almost every time.
0: Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like what I find when I went back to Super Mario um RPG um is you know the switching up of B and A always gets me every time. I know which one I should be hitting, but I always hit the wrong one. But I can see how the triggers cause they are they feel much different on the Switch than, than the other um, uh, consoles um, in terms of what should do what. Um, and
1: it seems, sometimes it just seems backwards. I don't know yeah. how else to describe it.
0: Yeah, and then like you just I- got used to it. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, and as I will give advice to everybody that plays Tears of the Kingdom out there, learn how to parry. <laughs> you don't understand how important parrying is in this game. Yep. The the for me, a guy that is stuck on the final boss because he needs to learn how to parry.
1: <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's not. I mean, I had to relearn the whole game as soon as I turned the thing on.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that was the thing with me. Yeah, how to block, how to how to do everything. It was just like, man, I playing a Zelda game and having to go back to it is brutal.
0: At, at least this one, because there's there's more complicated. There's bits. so yeah.
1: much involved with yeah. your with attacking and defending and, and luckily they're still only parrying is the same as the last game. Luckily yeah. I can still do that. I, because you had to do it to beat the final boss of the first game too. tech. I mean, yeah. that's what they wanted you to do. Yeah, I don't that, know if, yeah. I don't know if you had to go through that for that game too.
0: I, I, I did the shield parrying like with the, um, I remember in the, like they shoot, don't they shoot the, like,
1: they shoot the laser, yeah, sure. and you have yeah, and to parry the laser. Carry
0: yeah, I can do that. But this this is a you different have, type of parrying. Is it
1: the dodge parrying you're talking about?
0: Yeah, The jumping to,
1: back or jumping side yeah, by side to side. Yeah.
0: That's what you have to do in the final fight. Yeah. Um, is that stuff and timing that is rough. Uh for me at least. But yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting game. I am I haven't gone back to beat Ganon yet. Um to see the ending. I might YouTube the ending before Game of the Year, but um, just so I can have a full opinion on it. But literally, it's just the final boss I have to fight. I got through his first two phases, and I think there's two more after that. Just, just that's my Zelda knowledge <laughs> of going after the three phases, there's going to be something, because that's what they've done for the last four Zeldas. Is it four? Um, I thought it was three. Um, what do you mean? It's the last two um, have had a, a, a second boss after the main boss. Um,
1: oh, right, right, right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, really I don't know hard, Skyward though. Sword,
0: so let's just not include Skyward Sword. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I believe, you know, it's a thing they've done when they've had, you know, Ganondorf be involved, or Demise, or whatever. But, yeah. So I'm sure there's another fight after this fight that I'm stuck in. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it's not nearly as hard, though. I feel like, uh,
0: I feel like if you go in knowing how to parry, you'll get through that first phase, the first fight, easy. And then just like um, Breath of the Wild, the second fight was much easier for me.
1: Well, yeah, because you don't have to parry anything. Yeah, you just have to shoot the light arrows. But um, yeah, so
0: I'm going to talk about a lot more of that game um, yes. in your time. That's for um, sure. So do you just three? Or, do you remember any other games? Nope, that's it. That right. was it. So um, I've only played two games and exclusively one game. Um, for the two weeks between the episodes here. Um I started and finished Alan Wake 2 um between recordings. Um and all that did was throw another monkey wrench into mm-hmm. what now is my top seven that can be interchangeable depending on my feelings that day. Um but I jokingly say there's there's a there's a legitimate top three that I you'll get revealed to you. Um it, in a later podcast or video. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just ridiculous that there's seven games that I could make an argument for being my favorite game of the year.
1: Um, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've had something like that.
0: It's really ridiculous. So if I got to remember to myself that if something finishes 7th i I'm not giving it the shaft because it just means it's the least favorite of my favorite games. (laughs) Like it's not one that I had to put there because I didn't have enough games. um, yeah, that's what that's what uh, Resident Evil Four is for. Damn. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Alan Wake Two, um, the game is it's friggin' amazing. Um, you'll get a lot more out of it. You're not required to. You'll get a lot more out of it if you've played through at least Alan Wake and Control, um, because you'll get you'll know some of the like hints of things and sort of like get a little bit of the narrative. Um, when you're reading through the notes and all. That's all it does. The story of the game itself does not require you to have played either of those games because they explain all the terms and and things pretty well in this game because you're playing through a saga who basically doesn't know anything. So,
1: How much control stuff is in this game? A lot? Uh, um, you don't the have only, to the, the only, sli- anything. The only, not slight spoiler, but the, the,
0: not a big spoiler. But the only slight spoiler I'll give is that the FBC... Is mentioned in the game a good bunch.
1: The Federal well, Bureau of Control. That's not a spoiler. They, I mean, yeah. if it's in the same universe, you would expect them to be yeah. in the game.
0: But it's a lot more than obviously. Maybe they didn't have the idea of the FBC for Alan Wake One. But um, you know, they're mentioned a lot in there. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. Um, one of the DLCs is going to take place at a you know a thing that's exclusively an FBC thing mentioned in the in the in the game um so yeah that but you don't need to know about them um to understand what they are and what they do in this game because well, they good. they explain it um but like you know to get some of the deep knowledge of names that are in the books um or the the, the files you find or the little video clips and stuff you'll get a lot more out of it if you know those people mm-hmm. um but it's not necessary um the combat is still the weird combat where you have to break the darkness shield with the light. I recommend if you do not care about combat, um, just play it on story mode because the story is a hundred times better than the combat. Um, and yeah. not and not struggling with combat um, doesn't take away from the story. Like, like it's not one of those things that you know fighting the combat, winning the big battle makes it the story better. It really doesn't. Um, sometimes i've ran most of the time in story mode um away from like the little battles i'm like i don't i don't
1: need to do this um but i mean uh, the alan wake was never about combat it was all about just getting through the story because i don't in the first game you don't even have a weapon you just have the um flashlight right I believe so. Maybe a pistol think, or something like that. I think towards the end you get a gun, but I, I like a flare part, gun or something. Yeah. Yeah. for For the most part, I'm pretty sure you're just using a uh, yeah a flashlight.
0: Yeah. Essentially, um, the the combat is better than I Wake One, um, uh, but it's it's not like there are so many new things in this. Um, all the little side puzzles and hunts for things and stashes and. Um, a lot of the locations are great. Remedy has some of the best writers on the planet um, in terms of getting comedy. It's very hard to write comedy in video games. Um, I've had two games this year that did a really good job at it in Hi-Fi Rush and, and Alan Wake 2. Um, and yeah, so the the story overall is great. Performances are fantastic. Um, it, is, it is so weird seeing Sam Lake's face and an and then Max Payne's voice come out of it as a character that is not Max Payne. And it is just, it's just like a mind fuck for those of us that played the, the Max Payne games. The first two. I
1: was going um, to say, he's only the, first, the, the voice and face from the first two games. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And he does, uh, at one point, uh, not a spoiler, but at one point, uh, the character does the, uh, the Max Payne face. Um, like the real squinty face. Thing and it's real good. Um, and there's a moment that is my moment of the year. I'm not going to spoil it here, it'll be in our game of the year podcast when we spoil everything. But there's a moment that happens a chapter in this game, and everybody that's played it knows what I'm talking about. is my moment of the year, um, in games, and uh, we'll talk about it then. But yeah, this, yeah, this is a high end of my list. Um, but yeah, I had a ton of fun playing it 18 hours, so relative breeze compared to the other games i played this year as i found out um that i put in 193 hours between tears of the kingdom and starfield um Impressive. yeah and uh yeah and i don't even know Sea if stars adds into that too i think it's another 30 or 40 um but yeah yeah it's it's really good um i'll talk a lot more about it and um yeah, go play on Wake 2 if you have any interest in Remedy games. Um, and then the other game I played is my fun mind break as I played through some NHL 23. And it, it, this is just going to be a mini rant here on me on sports games, um, which frustrates me that they used to get this right at in like the 360-era, PS3-era of sports games, and I don't know what has happened in mm-hmm. the presentation-wise. But they don't acknowledge anymore when you break any kind of records in the game, it's like
1: probably because they don't, that's something that they don't bother putting time in to that. Yeah,
0: not even like a graphic, not like like a little cryon comes up, you know, at some point that just says, "Hey, you know, this happened." I just remember that little cryon used to come up in NCAA football all the time when you would break the record, your school's record for yards in a season, or something.
1: Well, that's um, back when they gave a shit about those yeah. games. Yeah, so. You know,
0: I did the fun thing like I've been doing my my calming mechanism is I play NHL 23 and I just have a, the game full of all stars in it. And my entire roster is full of the best players in the league. Um, so I'm running through teams. Uh, but one of my players uh, broke Gretzky's goal record um, and it currently has 100 goals on the scene. And what really pisses me off, Tom, is that, you know, I mentioned they don't do the celebration when you break the records, but they have a celebration, a different goal celebration every 10 Goal milestone you hit from 30 to God knows how long. I've only gotten to 100. And you get it at 50 points, 100 points, even when they do it in in their career numbers. But you break the all-time goals record, nothing. And I'm just like, it's how, like, even just a little thing. It's just made me mad. But um, I'm still having fun. It's my uh, stress relief um, going through it. But, yeah, so I can't wait for NHL 24 to be free. To download because I enjoyed that game much more than I enjoyed I enjoy 23. I just won't pay for it until they step up their game. But
1: I don't blame you. Yeah,
0: hopefully, maybe they changed it. Maybe I can score 93 goals in this game and they'll make it different. Um, now we move on to news. And uh, in some sad news, Tom, from people that have been waiting for this uh, game in anticipation since they first announced it um, a few years ago. Um, Naughty Dog has um, canceled the multiplayer game, the Last of Us multiplayer game, um, and there'll be more of a focus on their single-player games going forward. Um, they saw that the uh, development of factions was sort of hindering the development of games moving forward. Um, so they pulled the plug on it to be more focused on, I guess, Last of Us 3 would be my assumption, and the remaster of 2. Uh, which I'm assuming would already be done, but it's kind of weird. I'm guessing this is like all hands on deck for three.
1: Yeah. So so tell me, is was this just basically the the same as multiplayer for Last of Us 2, but they were just adding it back to the remastered version, or was it a whole new experience? It was going to be a
0: separate game. It was basically going to be like factions, um, like the multiplayer they had for the first game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but they were going to be a little more like to it, like actual... You know, kind of. I, I I equate it to some people were saying, kind of like um, like the division stuff with you have your own crews and stuff mm-hmm. um, when you're when you're playing it. Um, but yeah, it's they haven't said much about it, short of you know that it's that it was like related to the first multiplayer in some way, and it would be in the Last of Us Two world, which would be Seattle um, or another city, maybe even San Francisco or something like that. Um, but yeah, essentially. Uh, Everybody was we were all excited about it because it would be something to hold us over till three. Um and they just they just couldn't, you know, get it together um because they've always been a single player studio. So Yep, they definitely do not excel in multiplayer. No. No. So probably good news, bad news, bad news that it's not coming out, good news meaning, you know, they're not gonna be splitting focus for the for the next single player game. So depending on how you feel um about Those two things, uh, you know, you probably uh, can be um, either just shrug it off going, oh, well, I get it, or be really pissed if you're looking forward to the multiplayer game. Uh, And uh, the next set of news here, um, as I thought a lot of these things would start happening, Tom, once the uh, the merger um, was official between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, um, they settled the uh, gender discrimination lawsuit to the tune of $54 million. Um, that had been hanging out there um, for uh, for a good while. Um, there, um, it was for um, women who were employed between uh, October 2015 and December 2020. Um, if they, you know, can prove uh, the discrimination for not getting jobs and raises and things like that. And knowing Microsoft, <laughs> this is one of the first things they probably did when they got in there was oh, sure. you know, let, let's let's clear out this stuff since Bobby Kodak once the full transition takes over, um, at the end of the year, um, all of his stuff is off the
1: books. Can I tell you I can't wait until that's <laughs> Yeah. I've been watching I've been watching this guy's shorts on YouTube talking about working at Blizzard and how it was such a terrible experience and I just feel so so bad for all these people. Yeah. Because they they've just had their asses handed to them for years and, you know, Nothing nothing to show for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, you know, it's all the things that, you know, you whispered behind the scenes of how bad things were at certain companies and then, you know, and they all come to light. They always seem much worse than anything you could have anticipated. Uh but the good thing is, um, Microsoft's still a huge company, it probably has its own problems as it is, seems to be pretty good about making sure these the the defamation and this you know, sexual harassment stuff and all. Um, either you know, on the evil side, doesn't ever get out, <laughs> um, or on the good side, they have protections in place that at a fifty-four million dollar lawsuit does not need to be paid. Um, yeah. And fifty-four million dollars is pocket change to Microsoft.
1: Drop the bucket, um,
0: <laughs> just drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, so they probably they were, have
1: a, they probably have an account just for that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that when they buy a company, all right. What shitty losses do they have here that we have to pay out? All right, let's let's get this off the books. Um, and like they said, this lawsuit was the thing that was the catalyst behind this sale to begin with. Um, so it's not surprising that before the end of the year, they got it. They got it settled. So moving on um, to uh, the uh, PlayStation Plus games um, for uh, twenty um, twenty three for December, probably a little late. Uh, behind this, but you can still pick them up. Uh, Power wash simulators on there. Um, the uh, there seems to be a weird thing where if you have a Netflix subscription, you can play the GTA Definitive Trilogy, which is kind of terrible. Um, Who wants to there. play that? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So so that's on there. But um, so the the uh, Sony games. Um, sorry, I'm reading this from a list of their little like two minute video on IGN about everything. Um, So it's Lego 2K Drive, Power Watch Simulator are the two big games that you can go pick up. Um, These services um, that are not Game Pass uh, tend to, you know, um, get the games, you know, as you go higher up in the service uh, uh, to be a little bit, you know, better. You know, Game Pass being the one solid thing, you know, you don't have to worry about, well, is this game an extra? Is this game a premium? You know? experience, and I always like to read these PlayStation games here um, for December. So um, uh, Next game, uh, probably final piece of news here. Probably should have put this more in the beginning, but um, a little fun news I wanted to end with. Like I said, December is a terrible time for news um, outside of the, the big news story that we'll have after this one. Um, but uh, the um, Last of Us Remaster, apparently, in its uh, it has a roguelike mode. Um, in it, um, finally confirms Ellie's last name
1: um, being <laughs> Williams, um, which the most, most common th- last name in the United
0: States, <laughs> yeah, which m- most people, including Neil Druckmann, the co-creator, um, has said many a times, yes, that is her last name. But everybody didn't believe it until apparently it is on the patch of this shirt that you get in the roguelike mode in one of the cosmetics. So um, somebody saw that in one of the previews for the roguelike. Um, I'm kind of excited for this remaster um, just because, A, it'll cost me $10 um, to get the roguelike mode and all that, which is well worth it, I'm going to assume. I mean, it's not free DLC like Valhalla uh, for God of War, but, you know. It was just a fun bit of news that I saw there that, you know, Reddit going nuts um, <laughs> over something that pretty much a lot of us have already known. Um, and last but not least, um, we finally got the official word that the Electronic Entertainment Expo is dead. Long live E3 and all the craziness and fails that occurred late in your life. Um, It was one of those things that being someone that grew up um, reading magazines and um, being on top of the news in the industry was something I always really wanted to go to and experience. Um, But once it started changing from what the stuff I had heard the stories about, um, it became less and less wanting to go and do that um, because it it turned more into a commercial thing than the press side of it that drew me uh, a journalism major. Um, to want to go for um, there'd still be crazy booth girls and stuff like that was was rampant, even though it was a journalist thing. Um, but you know when they started bringing in you know companies you know selling things and having like the uh, the boost for basically turning it into what I guess kind of a normal convention would be, you know rather than what e
1: three was as much good that came out of it in the beginning. Twice as much bad came out of it Mm -hmm. towards the end. So, and unfortunately, it. I think the pandemic was just the nail in the coffin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Two things nail in the coffin: the pandemic, and when they leaked all the names and addresses of every journalist.
1: Yeah, when you dox (laughs) all of the people that are supposed to be attending this thing. Yeah, not a good look.
0: Yeah, especially when you gets onto the part of the internet that hates certain journalists for certain things um, makes their lives insane and bad, and um, that was, like, number one, first nail, and then second nail was the pandemic. Then the third and final one, I believe, was Jeff Keeley with the Summer Games Fest showing that it didn't need, you could still get the attention of the audience, you know, online and all that, by doing a smaller version of the show. Just one quick stage show with a bunch of Everybody together with their biggest games. Um, and then if they want to go do like deeper dives into those games in their own conferences, they could do it and not feel like they're upstaging the ESA, you know? Yep. And I think him showing that format works. Um, and then the other companies realizing that the Nintendo Direct system works, but they don't actually have to have a presence in LA and still get their points across and advertising stuff, um, kinda kinda killed it because, you know. The developers and all still go to GDC to like if they got a network and stuff like that. Um, So they're not losing that. And then you have Gamescom and the Tokyo's Game Show that, um, you know, allows your European and and Japanese developers um, to show off. So E3 just sort of wore out his welcome a little bit and kind of had a lot of unforced errors um, late in life. But yep, so officially over. Um, There will never be a Game Vault pod. Presence at E3. Um, That's unfortunate, but yeah, maybe unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Unfortunate.
1: Summer Games Fest, you never know. Maybe
0: maybe, maybe we'll get there one day, maybe. Uh, but yeah. Um, so the only thing that really changes for our June would be I would probably just stream Summer Games Fest rather than trying to get everything together like I, I have tried in the past, um, which someone with a full time job doesn't. This is meant for that being your full time job. Um, so yeah. Yeah, for us older gamers out there that listen to this, um, you know, all those crazy E three moments, um, you know, won't will now come at different points in the year, and it won't be all concentrated. So, just got to get used to the new reality of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nintendo kind of—I feel like Nintendo saw this coming too, because they were the first ones to kind of like yeah. leave E three. Yeah, and everybody thought it was stupid at the time, but now everybody's now seeing that you know they made the right move.
0: Yeah, because it became they they gave up their booth space, and yep. um, I saw like a thing from uh, the floor layout for the first official E three, and just like how big you know Nintendo and Sega's stuff was, and probably how important it was to not lose your booth space um, because of how like centered they were. So them leaving and leaving probably one of the more prominent locations. Um, was probably the first sign that we didn't notice along the way that the, the conference was n- not being viewed the same. Uh, but, yeah, so um, at least we still get Summer's Games Fest, which is, you know, a more commercialized version of it um, than especially, you know, when, the, you know, it's a lot more commercials in it than, than just straight-up trailers and things like that. Um, but anyway, that leads us right into our main topic, Tom. Yes. Speaking speaking of Jeff Keeley, um, I thought we'd run down the Game Awards winners. Um, and thank you everybody that did join me um when I live streamed the game awards. It was pretty funny um to be on there. There is a the whole segment, and I apologize for when the video goes up to YouTube or if you're watching the highlighted VODs on our Twitch channel. For some reason, the uh stream is muted from the last fifteen seconds of the Dragon Ball trailer all the way through the um Behavior super giant uh, trailer for their the forging of Ron Stone or something whatever that game's called. Um, so the world missed the uh, Roxy alarm that was that was uh, that was uh, started once Behavior popped on the screen um, because it is all silent. You just see my mouth going Roxy, and the chat the chat goes and, nuts. And, and the chat goes nuts for it immediately. So uh, lost the time. Um, because I could not have the chat on the screen because it, we only could put official game awards logos um, up there. So um, maybe I could have got away with it because we're not that huge of a streamer and nobody would have probably found out. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for being there. But we just want to uh, have our opinions. I know Tom um, was there in the chat, but maybe had to um, some opinions on certain things. Uh, so um, we'll just run through... Um, Real quick, uh, the the Players' Voice Award, um, surprisingly, uh, not so surprisingly, was Baldur's Gate 3, which I feel was very much the people's game this year. Um, I was surprised I said it on the podcast <laughs> that um, I was hoping it was going to be Genshin Impact because <laughs> those people are so online that they could rig this voting. Um, but Baldur's Gate does win because that, that is very much um, what every world fans are talking about. Uh, Best adaptation, um, like from game to movie, was pretty easy. It was The Last of Us, ran laps around the other four games.
1: uh, No pun intended here.
0: Yeah, no pun intended, especially with one of them being Gran Turismo and Twisted Metal. (laughs) Um, Super Mario Brothers and Castlevania, probably the two closest, I would say, because a lot of people like that Castlevania um, anime. And Super Mario Brothers movie was pretty decent. It was a kid's movie, you know. Yep. Um, Oh, and then there's a little. A little um, game that one most anticipated called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We can move on. Um, <laughs> I mean, how that couldn't win, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's the only other one on that list that had a shot was the one I was jokingly rooting for when it came up was Hades 2 because the rest of them I don't feel have. The other ones were like a Dragon Infinite, well, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken it's... Eight. Tekken yeah, I mean, might have the fan base, maybe.
1: I, uh, have, but people have been waiting for this trilogy for final fantasy 7 for yeah 20 years pretty much yeah. since they showed that e3 demo yeah they've been clamoring for it so i i don't know i don't know how any i don't know why they bothered having <laughs> this category Well, i think they, think they do like, it every year so i know but they should have just been like yeah it's final fantasy 7 well, Oh, let's move on
0: yeah yeah and then the next four awards which we have no opinions on because we are not esports people no in terms no. of watching them so eSports team, just to read them aloud, to have them on the record. Uh, JD Gaming won that. Valorant won eSports Game of the Year. Um, uh, the best eSports event was the 2023 League of Legends World Championships. Um, and then the uh, best eSports coach was Christine Potter-Chi. Um, yeah,
1: I'm so old, I don't know any of them.
0: And apparently that was for, unless they made an error here, uh, the sentence says, the eSports coach judged to be the most outstanding performance and conduct in 2021. I'm assuming that's supposed to say 2023. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that would be weird if not. And the best eSports athletes are there were five awards it was Faker. Uh, so, for, for those congrats. Who that, congrats, congrats to all the winners. Congrats to them. Probably be great.
1: I'm, sure, not... they're, I'm sure they're all excellent eSports players. But yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm not really an eSports guy. I mean, I watched the... Finals of Evo, which literally had me out of my—I le- I just put it on while I was laying in bed, and then the final match literally had me sit up at like one in the morning in bed um, because it was so f- amazing. And I'm not even a fighting game guy. Um, it's because of this—the the story, you know, the guy fought all the way through the losers bracket, and then was about to beat the world champion, and then the guy came back from having a sliver of health, and you know, that all great stuff when fighting games are at their best. Um, uh, content creator of the year um, was Iron Mouse, which is a, uh, what do they call it, the um, VTuber, right? That Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this just looks like an error because it says impact on the community in 2001. So somebody did not edit this IGN page. Oh,
1: fucking um, IGN, man. <laughs> uh, they're the only ones that had it listed like this. That's the only reason I picked them for this. I know. I know, but they've done some <laughs> dumb shit lately. Like gave, yeah. they gave the Iron Claw five, when I think the person who re- re- watched it has never seen wrestling in their life, or has or no idea know, it's about the Von Erichs, or, or did know who the Von Erics were exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, so anyway, best,
0: yeah. So now, games we can probably have have some opinions on. Um. Best multiplayer game uh, was surprising to me. Um. To be honest. Um, Baldur's Gate Three is a really good like, but you wouldn't think of it as a multiplayer game,
1: um, but it is. Are they including? Um, they included co-op, right? Co-op, yeah. Okay, th- I was gonna say there's a lot of games that were on that list that didn't make any yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, I would, I would have assumed
1: to be honest that it would have went to either Diablo Four or Street Fighter Six. Diablo Four makes yeah. a lot more. Either one of those makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, but again, like I said, it's the people's game. You can multiplayer in it. It's like playing a D and D campaign.
1: You know, uh,
0: but to a much easier extent. Like I've seen a lot of videos which are pretty funny, where this game is ruined. Like new players come to tables and like <laughs> they roll to do something and they fail and they go, "All right, reload, save." Like can't can't do that here, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you get one roll, my friend. That's run, run, it. Run, run, run roll. <laughs> Unless you have something specific that tells you you can do otherwise. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, the tic tac video was funny. Um,
0: uh, best sim strategy game. Um of the ones listed here, Pikmin Four was the clear winner to me. Um there must have not been many new Sim Strategy games. I mean but if,
1: if City Skylines 2 was any good, yeah. It would have won. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's 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 not great. That's why I was so glad I was able to play a tenth game this year, so that I didn't have to put that on my list. Uh I was very disappointed in it. Um but yeah. those games have gotten always get better in a couple years. So hopefully that happens again once they weird. Cause the first know. one was really good. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what happened. The, the first one wasn't great in the beginning. Then they started putting in traffic lights and stop signs and made, made it controlling traffic easier and stuff. Uh, but this is just a, just a friggin' mess all around. Um, and then, you know, advanced wars was a remake and fire emblem engage. Wasn't as good as three houses. So, um, yeah, easy winner there. And then I will let you, um, uh, probably agree with the winner of this category based on our previous conversation, Tom. Uh, but best sports racing game went to mo- Forza Motorsport.
1: I, I think deserved. I mean, the Hot Wheels games yeah. are great too. I mean, but I, w- I was chanting for the Hot Wheels game. On the- <laughs> the Hot Wheels. The Hot Wheels games are really good, which you found out recently. Yeah,
0: which is why I was chanting on.
1: The- <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, f- the Forza games are just—they're yeah. just—they're just really good. Yeah. I've never had a bad experience. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, FC
0: Twenty Four is really good, but for some it's reason, name
1: is last year.
0: They right? improved. They improved a good bit of it in terms of gameplay. Um, you know, it feels a little more like I couldn't get away with the same things I could last year um, yes. to exploit goals. And they added a new thing in, which was really funny to watch. Um, it, it's like that, that dynamic difficulty thing that sort of the show has had for a while, and you know some of the other sports games, but the way that they would do it, like mid play, <laughs> like not like in the show where it's each at bat, but you can change. Like in the middle of play, it would all of a sudden go, "Oh nope, it's up to world class difficulty," and then all of a sudden it'd be hard to defend.
1: <laughs> that, that does <laughs> not
0: sound fun at all. <laughs> well, it it made my game more interesting because my skill level in FIFA or FC falls between professional, which is like just above easy, Mm -hmm. and world class, which is like a step below hard, because there's a harder level after that. Um, And my skill level falls in between, so when I'm on one, I'm just dominating, and then I can't really win when I'm at the other. So the fun part was watching the game not know what my skill level was, and just kept flopping me back and forth throughout (laughs) the entire game. And the game ended up 3-2, so it was a close, nail-biting game, but it was just funny. It's just every, like, six minutes, (laughs) like changing because they were like, why is he being so aggressive here? That's not how you play. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess he's, I guess he's only a professional. And then I'd, knock, I'd score two goals in two minutes. And I'm like, well, I guess he's world class. And uh, yeah, so that's the only good thing. If they tweak that, it should be great because I feel, I feel they have to figure out with adaptive gaming. You can't have it. Um, I think the show is the closest to this. Um, you can't have it adapt like full level. Uh-huh. Like that like at least on the show it will have your pitching be bigger like higher than you're hitting you know you're you know do it that way like in soccer it'd be like okay he's really good on the offense let's make the defense a little tougher, but let's not make the uh offensive players be like ten messies out on out on the field um for him to have to defend um but yeah so and I feel i feel i feel racing games could could learn from that as well. Um I think I think dynamic AI difficulty is the next step in video games to be completely honest. Um
1: because I mean Forza like, has kind of had that for a while with the drive avatars. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's just a matter of how well they're implemented.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but with all this crazy like if there's one thing AI can do all this crazy talk about using AI for games and stuff is they have to figure out how to do that, how to find middle grounds within difficulty levels, you know, be able to read what a player is good at and what they're not good at. And I think that would make a great time for all players involved, expe- especially the ones that don't go online. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a way to keep that fan base locked in. All right. And best family game is the next category. Um, went to uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder.
1: Um, it's not even close. I don't know and- if there's nothing on here that's anywhere close.
0: And once again, Disney loses to Nintendo. <laughs> that was a, a joke from one of the uh, developer or one of the uh, PR people at Disney. It was like, it's family game. Disney's a family, like. <laughs> but Nintendo. <So> is Nintendo. <laughs> it was just funny. Um, and then best fighting games: Street Fighter Six, far and away. Um, and not
1: even close. I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I watched three of these five games that are on there. Because I, I do have um, Maximilian Dude, you know, Twitter channel I check in on every so often. Um, and, yeah, Street Fighter Six was the most entertaining one of the bunch, uh, for sure. Mortal Kombat has the craziness that Mortal Kombat always does. And that looked much improved from eleven um, in terms of just watching it. Um, I haven't played it. Um, but, yeah, Six was so much. The colors and all, yeah, it was just it was a beauty to watch. Um best RPG again. Um it's just really just defining what like they're all RPGs, but um
1: all like, three see, I they they have Final Fantasy sixteen on here and I think they have to because it's Final Fantasy, but yeah, I was gonna I say, wouldn't say they, even, I wouldn't have even considered that a an RPG. They are all different types of like modern RPGs. Like the but, only action I mean the problem is they're they're RPGs, but they're totally different. Like Sea yeah. of Stars is a 100% old school uh Japanese RPG style. Starfield is a is a uh CRPG, western RPG. Yeah. Or western RPG, right? Uh Baldur's Gate is a turn-based RPG. Lies of P is considered an RPG. I thought that was like a I thought it was an action game.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Modern RPGs are and whenever you level up weapon characters and stuff like that. They can be I thought it was like
1: Souls like.
0: Lies of Yeah, P. it is kind of. But
1: um well, I, yeah, that's they, what I, mean. I think they consider Dark Souls an RPG too. I don't
0: know. Yeah, but Baldur's Gate 3 was the one that did it the best of this group. As much as I love Sea of Stars, um, just the um the role playing aspect of it um was so much far and away the other the other games. Um yeah. now I haven't fully played Lies of P to know if that has probably not the same role playing elements, but um, I know there will be opinions on this, but I, I this was one that I was pretty sure I knew who was going to win this um, best action adventure game. I feel as much as though there probably is action adventure. Um, I feel they just had to give them a win. That is what this award felt like. Like we have to give Tears of the Kingdom something. Uh,
1: yeah, because... I, there's nothing else on here. I don't. Well, I don't. I haven't played Spider-Man 2. And we'll talk about that on our year yeah. review.
0: Yeah, and um, Alan Wake yeah. two is really good. You know, Resident Evil Four is probably more action than adventure. I haven't played Jedi yeah. Survivor. But it was just like, hey, let's put it in this category. Tears of Kingdom was great. They're going to be here. So let's give them an award. Yeah. Um and I love having best action game. Like, see, this is where I think again that they did this. To um, just give Zelda something, <laughs> because they made best action game. Because then they put
1: Armored Core Six in that category. That's a, um, that, I I would have said Hi-Fi Rush won that personally. Yeah,
0: but I'm just saying, like of the popular things, like they were like, you know, people aren't going to believe the Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> it was a better yeah. action game than Armored Core Six. But yeah, yeah, I mean, those are the two clear winner on here from my opinion. Again, I haven't played much of the other three, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Armored Core 6. I know a lot of people that, are, that really love that game, and I really love Hi-Fi Rush. Um, um, uh, Innovation and Accessibility uh, went to Forza Motorsport. Um, I think uh, this game came out a little too late for um, it, the... I don't even know if this would be count as accessibility, uh, but I don't know if you've seen the Arachnophobia mode in Lethal League. I have not, but or, or I'm lethal?
1: not interested... It's basically just the word
0: spider walking around. Oh, nice. <laughs> like the literal oh. letters that spell out spider walking around nice. as the spider. Um, unlike Groundit's uh, arachnophobia mode, which is scarier than an actual spider. <laughs> because it's just two giant orbs with eyes. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm- uh, VR AR game. Um, Resident Evil Village, I guess, it's... The funny part is, I think three of these five were, like, ex, like meant for VR, and Resident Evil Village was just the VR version of a non-VR game.
1: Well, GT7 wasn't really a VR so that, yeah, I
0: was talking more... It was Humanity Horizon. The other
1: three were designed for VR, and they got beat yeah. by a... Yeah. A, uh, a w- just... Oh, yeah, we're gonna slap this on and call it done. Yeah,
0: and, uh... Exactly. We I, we don't play much VR games, so I downloaded two games for my Oculus Quest 2 and nothing else. It's Beat Saber and Super Hot, and that's that's all i played on there. Um, and then Best Community Support, didn't really, I don't really dig into communities, so I would have no opinion on this. The only thing that would have been funny is Destiny 2 won, <laughs> since they fired their entire community department, or laid them off, I should say. Yeah. Um, that was what I was hoping was going to win. Yeah. Uh that would have been that would have been the sneaky way to talk about the layoffs on the broadcast. Um Best Mobile game, that was Honkai Star Rail was you know, no no second thought about that. Um uh debut indie game. Um I haven't played Cocoon, but I saw a lot of people talking about Cocoon. So um we'll say uh that and Dredge were the two that I've heard the most of. Um I've only played Viewfinder, the demo for it, and I thought that was amazing. But you know. And then, best indie game, Sea of Stars, far and away. Um, oh, Dave yeah. the Diver might have been the only other one from what I've seen that would compete competed with
1: it. Sea of Stars to me is a game of the year contender. So I can't yeah. imagine, you know, where, yeah. I, I can't imagine it not being on, on there. Yeah. Yeah. Best ongoing game. This is a, <laughs> a weird category, also.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I what, was, is that,
1: what does that mean? What does ongoing game mean?
0: Well, the other four are what are, I assume
1: ongoing games are. Right, Cyberpunk is not multiplayer. It's yeah. not. says just. I feel like Cyberpunk they, uh, they want to give them an award, award because
0: they changed the the thing is awarded to the game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time, which is just them putting out 1.0, 1.5, 2.0. Sure, but every oh,
1: game does that I, know. I, I don't know i i guess uh, they wanted to uh, make I them agree. feel good about yeah doing something i don't know
0: yeah and then uh games for impact um chia won um i got i i love goodbye volcano high um and and the themes it had in it um didn't play chia so you know no real opinion on who was more deserving in that category um best performance
1: i after, yeah I, I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna say it right now, Ben Starr should have won this fucking category. He, I, I mean, it's Serion.
0: So it's it's really good. Um, there was only really three people that, after playing through Alan Wake Two, um, that that was far and away, um, you know, had a chance at it. And it's Neil Newborn who won for playing a Serion in in Baldur's Gate Three, and you know, uh, you know, Melanie. Uh, the bird, I believe is how you pronounce that, um, uh, for playing Saga and with 2 and Ben Star in Final Fantasy 16. Um, I think they just put Idris Elba in here to see if they could get Idris Alba to show up, and he <laughs> I did not.
1: I, was <laughs> say, I seriously doubt he showed up.
0: No, everybody else was there, and he was a photo of Idris Alba. <laughs> um, so I'm 100% thinking he got nominated if he'd show up, because uh, I, I would do the same thing. Uh best audio design, Hi-Fi Rush. That game um deserves it for you Absolutely. know you know, as good as Alan Wake 2's design was as the normal video game, the stuff Hi Fi Rush did. I would hope
1: that a rhythm game would get best audio design.
0: <laughs> yeah, best score in music, I agree hundred percent, Final Fantasy sixteen. Um oh, Hi-Fi oh, Rush, yeah. you yeah, you couldn't really give it to Hi-Fi Rush because a lot of it was um uh licensed music. Um and I don't think that should count. Um, yeah in there. yeah uh, Alan I, uh... Wake Alan Wake's two was all those songs were written written exclusively for the game, so that's a little different. Um that would have been probably my second place on here.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I even went so far as to purchase the Final Fantasy sixteen soundtrack. is that yeah. good.
0: Yeah. Um and Tears of the Kingdom was just basically Breath of the Wild stuff again, but a little more a little then,
1: variance on there. Zelda stuff is weird, because I feel like it's re- all really ambient. I don't feel yeah. like it's music as much as just noise, background noise. That may just be me, but I f- that's that's what I yeah. feel when you're playing a Zelda game. I can see that,
0: yeah. Um, best narrative, yes, Alan Wake 2, 100%. Um, you probably lean Final Fantasy 16 because you haven't played Alan Wake 2.
1: Uh, but I the, mean, I can I can see where people are upset about the narrative of Final Fantasy and uh, They don't think it is as, it is as good. Yeah, Alan Wake is probably better written, better narrative. But yeah, yeah, and like the next two categories,
0: you know, game direction and narrative. Uh, just from recently playing through it, um, I, I couldn't see the other ones winning it. Um, the only one that I have no opinion on, unfortunately, did not get to play Spider Man Two before the end of the year. Um, but the rest of them, it was much better than um, game direction, maybe wonder, you know, uh, just for the batshit crazy uh stuff they did, um, for changing up the formula in some aspects, mm-hmm. um, there, but and it leads us the game of the year, um, which went to Baldur's Gate 3, which, I, honestly, of the games on that list, it was the one that I felt had the most critical approve. um. Uh, not for improvement because that's not a word um, it, it was it was the critical darling and also the fans really loved it um,
1: and honestly it's a very solid list but Resident Evil 4 remake should no, not have been on this
0: no, that, that were, should have been replaced by at least there's at least two or three games that I think we both would have put on that list
1: yeah I mean you've got you've got Hi-Fi Rush you've got Final Fantasy 16 you've got um, you got Sea of Stars, which won you know your best indie game. So why wouldn't it be able yeah. to win your best game overall? Yeah, and you got Goodbye Volcano. High. I know you were thinking it. <laughs> um, you got you got Street Fighter Six. You got a whole bunch of stuff that could have been in there, but yeah, you went with a remake. I don't. Just, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean it was really good from what I played in it, and we might be talking out of our asses because I haven't finished it and all. But um, of the of the games I played and just the feedback from people. You know, that was the weak link on this list here. But Baldur's Gate 3, um, just the ambition of that game, um, the, the way they... It was kind of like the Hades thing um, in that they had so much dialogue written depending on what you did that I couldn't imagine how thick that book was um, of, of, like, the, the dialogue pages for those characters need to read um, out. You know, how the uh, Hades one was like 300,000 pages. Um, and I've yet to hear the same line twice in Hades. Um, so yeah, Baldur's Gate three. Um, yeah, that Alan, Alan Wake would have won any other year. Um, you know, but I, I think there was just this, this, this momentum behind Baldur's Gate, um, that I think people, um, that aren't, like, focused on just, like, the top AAA games didn't really feel. Like, I saw a guy um, stitching a TikTok video, someone getting mad that Spider-Man 2 didn't win. Um, And I was like, I wonder what, like, um, echo chamber that that streamer was in. Um, (laughs) Because that's the one, like, I didn't hear many people screaming Spider-Man 2 should be Game of the Year. Either Alan Wake 2 or Baldur's Gate or you had the occasional Nintendo streamer that was screaming
1: about Wonder. Honestly, uh, as we'll see in an upcoming episode, I think highly of Super Mario Brothers.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, But it was just weird. <laughs> it,
0: was, it, it was a funny... Uh, I don't know how you can actually find the video, but just to recap it. The one guy's going, oh, it's got to be Spider-Man, it's got to be Spider-Man, the streamer. And every time the guy said, um, it's got to be Spider-Man, it's just a guy lazily leaning on his arm. Baldur's Gate 3.
1: <laughs> Spider-Man, right? Baldur's Gate 3. Like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you could possibly think that Spider Man was gonna win. It's so funny. I mean um, Spider Man is good and all, but I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah. So that was the the list. Um some great things. Um they shadow dropped the uh you know Xbox version of Baldur's Gate 3 during it. The Valhalla DLC came out five days later. The um they announced new game plus for um, Alan Wake Two was on the way, um, and the Final Fantasy sixteen DLC—the first one dropped. Um, so that stuff. Um, what did you think of the
1: overall presentation of, of what you watched on there? So they shouldn't. They they should call it something else because I, I understand it's an award show, but it's ninety nine percent not an award show. Uh, it's very much a. Uh, it's like an e three or a summer games fest, but there happen to be they happen to be giving away awards in between. Uh, I don't know. i the overall, it was a good show. i didn't I wasn't upset upset by it, but I feel like they should call it something else, yeah, that's just me,
0: yeah. the the thing th- there's very easy change they can make um to make it feel more uh game Worms. Awardsy, um, and not fall into the trap that happened with the Spike TV version of it. Um, it's just have a lot of these awards have the people actually go up and give speeches,
1: you know? Like, well, yeah, a lot of them, they just were like, the winner is this person, the winner is this, but it's hard, it's hard to do that with video games because so many people work on them. It's not like music or a movie where, you know, there's one person who could 100%. You know, go up there and give a speech.
0: Yeah, like I would have a couple of the categories that I think did not have speeches was I would like to have seen. I don't think best indie game did. I don't think no, the Sea of Stars guys got to go up there. I would like to have seen that the um, the innovation accessibility should have gotten some prominence um, on the main show, and like just have the like the categories like the best action act like those have those people go up. Um, you know and maybe cut out a couple of the trailers of things that are already out. And it's just basically an advertisement. Um, you know, it's, it's like, what are you adding an extra three to four minutes um, per award that, you know, to a show where you don't have to worry about the FTC or TV time,
1: you know, yep. you're not yeah, you holding to a time slot. Yeah. But people are paying for that. They're paying for that.
0: That's the, that's the thing. Yeah.
1: That's, Is that that's you the can... difference.
0: You know, he's, you know, you do need the money to run the thing, but you're also going to start slowly but surely falling back into why the Spike Game Awards fell apart. Um, You know, so that's the only thing I worry about is, you know, I would, at worst, I would like to see Best Indie Game get to go up there. Because who knows if those people ever get to go celebrate, you know, the creative director or head of that studio, whoever, go up there and accept the award. You know what I mean? They did Best Debut, like Cocoon. Um, Maybe it comes down to who's there. Which again, I think, you know, I don't know. But that was the only thing, which I love. Any of you out there, go read um, uh, Reba Valentine's um, article. I believe she's IGN. Um, I just went through her Twitter, um, which is Duck Valentine. Um, she got a hold of and let the people that didn't get the, the winners, that didn't get the gift speeches, sort of give their comments on winning the award. Um, and it's a really good article. Um, so if you, if you're curious about what it means for some of these awards to win, I know most people probably aren't, but I found it very good. And, and, and Rabbit does a great job, um, finding, uh, these little, little stories that, you know, you don't think you need to go out and do. So, all right, that's our recap on the game awards. Um, another successful year in the book, another year being an official co-streamer. Um, which all that essentially means is I get a lot of, uh, stuff to put on to the OBS stream and then I like, just can't have any other advertisements on the screen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice. It's nice that we, even a small, a small yeah. s- streaming community like us can, can do that. It's nice. Yeah.
0: Essentially what I think, and this isn't knocking it, essentially what they think they check is because the form I had to fill out is they check that you have an active channel and that you aren't a piece of shit. <laughs> Essentially, what I think they check because it takes about four days. So, I think they like watch a couple of your highlights, you know, see how often you've streamed. You know, yeah,
1: they want to make sure that you're an active streamer, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do that. Like, we don't get any special things or um, they give us like little ad, like not ad reads, but sort of like if we want to say, oh, the Game Awards is sent you, blah, blah, you know, whatever. They give us a little detailed rundown of it. I guess if we want to put it in our YouTube description. Yeah. For that. But, you know, that's what that's what I always want to quirl the, you know, pull back reins on the horse a little bit and go, you know, I think it's just a testament that we do have a active enough channel that they will give, you know, the these media kits to, you know. Um yeah. and yeah, that that's it. Yeah. As long as, as long as you're streaming, even if you're like an individual streamer, you probably get it. You just have to um uh, the first time I had to find where to sign up and now I'm on the email list which is the last the last funny thing before we move on to retro roulette um the emails that pop up they say Jeff Keeley and then when you click in and see the email address and it, it says info at gameawards.com which <laughs> makes me laugh <laughs> that they could have just put game awards like but I guess they want
1: you know you did not think it was like an advertisement. Well, they need that. They need that name recognition, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it's more so falls in the category of they they don't want you to think it's just an ad, or you're, or that's a way for it not to get caught in spam filter yeah. by having a person's name on there. But it was just funny. It made me laugh. I was like Jeff Keely. I'm like, I know this isn't like really Jeff Keely sending it out, but I wonder if Jeff Keely at the Game Awards dot you know, like his, like, you know, like people at Companies have those big names, but they never check that email box if you send anything back to them. Um, but yeah, it was pretty funny. All right. Moving on to a retro roulette game, to something that is not pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's not funny at all. really, yeah, Tom, why don't you uh,
1: introduce our game for this week? So for this week, we played... Uh, what What is the, the tagline for, for X-Men? I forget.
0: I think it's the uncanny
1: X-Men. Let me just double check, because I don't want to be wrong. That's right. All right. So this week, we played The Uncanny X-Men for Nintendo Entertainment. And yes, what did, a game Tom. What a game it was. I will
0: say, I'll go into my thoughts first. Um, yes, I
1: want to hear what you they'll, have they'll, to
0: say. They'll, pr- they'll probably be the longest, um, <laughs> since we got a lot of your thoughts um, on the stream. I will say, before even talking about how the game plays and all that, I think playing games like this kind of reminds us how spoiled we are with the HUD or the UX. Um, Absolutely. You know?
1: That we, again, we have to put ourselves in that mindset of 1991 or 1990. Yeah, whenever this game came out.
0: Yeah, doesn't
1: really exist in a game yeah, like that. Yeah, it was
0: how spoiled we were. Like having to actually like press start to check your life. You yeah. know, even though that was kind of still into up till Resident Evil, we're um, even still in Resident Evil. But at least Resident Evil had a visual indicator <laughs> when when you were injured. Uh, this game does not. Um, the number one thing, which is, I think, I had the advantage of um, by watching you play, um, was I knew that the range characters were the better characters to play.
1: And you also knew how to change characters. Yes.
0: Um, again, something having the book been um, so much, so much to add stuff to is so weird. But um, the one thing that's so frustrating is that there, and also the lack of a map and mini map. Again, we're spoiled nowadays. Um, is just not knowing, like, okay, which one of these? Is it this? I know i got to go all the way down here, and then watching videos doesn't really help. No. Um, just they, because... I found
1: that out very quickly, that that does not help at all.
0: I mean, it gives you some ideas. Like, I knew what it looked like where you to go, but I couldn't tell you where that was on your, on your game. Um, because at one point, you had everything you needed, but you the, the boss of that first level. Yeah, um, but yeah, the the fun part is that the practice mode is just sort of to teach you how to play with each character um, and to learn the power ups and things like that. Um, so not much of a practice mode per se, as it that doesn't give you any feedback. Um, the The gameplay itself um, felt like a very rushed bullet hell, um, in that there weren't really any patterns to anything. But it was a lot of things coming at you at once. Um, and, a lot. A, yeah, lot. a lot of things. And, yeah, it just it just really felt like um, they had an idea for this game and just either were too ambitious um, for the time and couldn't figure out how to do it on the NES and then just had to put something out. Um, so they just made it for things that kind of look like the characters on what you can do in an 8-bit. Um, having four levels and then secret fifth level which you only unlock um, after you uh, beat the other four and also you couldn't actually get to if you had the American version of the game because you know. have to put you have to put in a special code well we know the code now uh, but you had to put in a code and that code is like listed in the book or something okay. um, and it's wrong in the book <laughs> of course it's, it is it's it's like it's missing one of the buttons um, it says like plus B select start or something in that realm, and mm. you're supposed to push something for B, but for some reason it didn't print. Um, so wild late 80s, early 90s stuff going on here. Um, I had zero fun with it. Um, there wasn't even like a good um, X-Men hook to it because none of the you only had two types of characters. You had ranged characters and physical characters. And while the other ones...
1: Sometimes your physical characters sucked, like, real bad.
0: They all had different things they were supposed to do good,
1: but it's really hard to tell, and, yeah, it it
0: was really, really bad. Um...
1: So one thing I'll say is that it is cool that they had different powers. That was the one cool thing. Nightcrawler can walk through walls. Awesome. Yeah. But he sucked at everything else. He was super (laughs) weak. He got hit twice, and he was dead. Uh, It was cool that, you know, you had Iceman and uh, Cyclops that had ranged attacks. Um, It was uh, there. And some some characters were way stronger, like um, Colossus. Colossus was way stronger than everybody else, which was who I ended up using the most because he had the most hit points and could take the most damage. Yeah, Uh, that was the like the one cool thing about it. I, I there was nothing else good about this game at all yeah yeah
0: the uh yeah it
1: yeah there's nothing nothing
0: redeeming about this game at all um it was even before the x-men animated scene,
1: that cool music um well that the, that was one of the worst things was the music in this game yeah. it was horrendous yeah it was either at dr mario level or worse it was uh, way worse i would take dr mario over this any day of the week
0: But yeah it's a, that's our scale better or worse than dr mario <laughs>
1: So yeah, worse.
0: that's that's my thoughts on it. It's a frustrating game that, admittedly, I played probably just as long as you did, um, and had no desire to go back.
1: No, and it, play anymore. I mean, so there was nothing. There was nothing. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna give Jen's quote real yep. quick. She said "f" with like 12 "f"s this this game. Yeah, <laughs> that was her quote. <laughs> yeah, and tell them what the uh, what the what the walkthrough said. Yeah. Uh, it-
0: It it was uh, it was something the equivalent of this game is bad. It's just really bad. Like (laughs) this game is not
1: fun. You should not play play this. it.
0: Yeah, it was like this game. It's it's it felt like one of those like there isn't even a redeeming quality to this. I just did this because I wanted to have another guide on this
1: on game facts on game facts. (laughs) And
0: once you figure out the tricks, it seems like it's a pretty easy
1: game to to get through. It's like forty minutes. Um, I would. It, which I is I wouldn't wild waste. that this was a, probably a full price game. Oh, I guarantee it was a full price game. Yeah. You know why it was? Because it was freaking hard. Oh, was it was an no, LJN game. So, and yeah. it was an LJN game, which, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, LJN games are synonymous with being horrible. And they're usually attached to some movie franchise or comic yeah. book or wrestling or something. <laughs> yeah. So, and they're never good, ever. So,
0: so the two most prominent ones, at least. That I know of, and I don't know how world prominent they are, was it's Back to the Future, which the first part of the skateboarding level, pretty good. You can pretty much figure out what you need to do and go through it. But once you get past that level, there's like a tapper thing that goes on, and then there's a couple other weird levels. Um, that
1: game at, is not good,
0: and that game is not good. It starts out perfectly. oh it's fine. Oh, oh, look, it's Marty skateboarding. Hey, kid with black hair skateboarding.
1: Um, Oh, well, it was uh what's his name? It was it wasn't uh Marty it wasn't Yeah. Michael J. Fox, it, it was, was uh, Fox. it was Eric, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz, that's right. Um and then Jaws.
0: And the problem with Jaws, which Jaws is actually a decent game that has replayability, um, is that you can beat Jaws in three and a half minutes. Yeah. Like literally if you know where to go to get the Jaws thing, the the thing to track Jaws, um, it's like a little remote. You go there, you get the remote, and then you go to the area that, like, because it's an NES game and not programmed well, um, the area where Jaws always shows up, <laughs> and sit there, wait for Jaws to attack your ship, and then kill Jaws, and you w- beat the game in three and a half minutes. Um, and it's it's like, yep. Yeah, they don't even say speed run on it, like it, like it is technically a speed run, but it's like, no, this is just literally the game. We're not like glitching anything.
1: <laughs> right, this is just how the game works.
0: But yeah, so LJN game didn't, didn't even get close to having any of the charm of the product, which is usually the one thing they do get right. Um, for all the good LJN games, it's always, you know, you get, you know, a couple uh, charming
1: things in it, but overall, the game's terrible. No, they just, they just shit these games out as fast as possible to make yeah. money on And And this franchise. one felt
0: like one, this was probably like the end of the line for those games, because it came after the other ones we mentioned. Um, as far as I can tell, but yeah, not good. Nope. Um, so uh, yeah, Tom, let's uh, get to our scores. I think I know where both our scores are going to be. You go first.
1: I I'm going to give it a one and a half because it had more gameplay than the Noid. I'm basing <laughs> everything off your Noid at this point when it, when it comes to when it comes to low scores. Uh, I have I I have to give it an extra half a point because it had some more substance than Yo Noid. Yeah, so one I'm and go- a half out of five.
0: Yeah, so I'm going one out of five. I think it's on the same level as a game like Noid or a couple, a couple other games of that era where it's not fun. They tried to take advantage of some mascot, um, or in this case, an entire comic book franchise, um, and just failed and just made an unfun game that probably wouldn't have even been worth rental back in the 90s, but probably got oh, yeah. rented a lot because people um- love the X-Men. Um,
1: I'm sure once, I'm sure once the animated series came out, people rented this game all the time. Yeah, but
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a game that shouldn't have been rented all the time. But yeah, definitely one out of five. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. There's very few games that um, we review here where I just say, just don't waste your time. Um, don't waste and, your time with this one.: And I don't want to give it a zero ever games, but as long as the game boots up and works, it's a one. I
1: had a, a I had working game it, is a had, one. I had to give it that extra half because it had the, (laughs) the separate characters that had different powers. That's it. That's, that's, that's the only reason it got an extra half a point.
0: All right. So Tom, let's see if we can get a better game for next week. Let's spin that wheel. And Tom, I'm going to guess that this game was probably a favorite of your household, um, if it was something you owned. Um, Let us know what game you got for this week.
1: We got Top Gear for the Super Nintendo, and it certainly was a favorite game of mine. Granted, I did not own a Super Nintendo, but anytime I went to my friend's house that had Top Gear, it was loaded up and played. Uh, So something interesting about this game, uh, the person who did the music for this game recently did um, Horizon Chase Turbo. So Horizon Chase Turbo is like a spiritual successor to Top Gear. So if you've played that game on the Switch, uh, you have an idea of what this game is like. Uh, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to play it because it's a it's a really good racing game for the Super Nintendo.
0: Yeah, yeah and I'm glad that we get something that um, actually have a little bit of experience and know it does not suck.
1: <laughs> this game uh, does not suck. I won't I tell you that.
0: Um, all right. So that'll do it uh, for this week. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, we will be back on Monday with our normal stream um, of Top Gear, um, and then I will be back um, say Friday. Yeah, this week's pretty booked um, for uh, podcast recording slash family reasons. Um, but Friday, I, I was thinking of doing, uh, you know, a stream anyway. So I might as well do the uh, Super Mario PG stream then. So. Watch out for that. Um, I'll probably stream uh, maybe one of the two weekend days. And I am off the 22nd and the 25th and 26th. So,
1: oh, and Mark, we should probably mention that we have restarted the Monday night Chrono Trigger stream.
0: Yes. Yes. So, um, except yeah, I do that. not think we will be here at least
1: next Monday. Probably not. So, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to, we just restarted it and we're going to miss like two in a row.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, no, because um, the other one would be Retro Roulette, and we probably won't have a Retro Roulette on if we do Game of the Year on the tw- um
1: Probably so. not. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see.
0: But yeah, that was the next thing to announce. Um, our Game of the Year podcast will probably either be the one that airs on the 1st or the one that airs on the 15th. So we'll either be recording that on the 29th or two weeks later from there. Um, it'll just be a matter of holidays, if because if, um, I want all three people tom you know and jen on for that so stay tuned to the twitter um to see whether next week's episode is a um special episode or if it's a normal one but either way we hope to see you guys this evening uh for top gear for the super nintendo and uh for tom i'm mark see you next time bye